The Midnight Academy with Dr. Heather Lynn. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rabbi. It's a real pleasure to have you on this show. I'm looking so forward to talking to you. My pleasure, Dr. Heather. Well, I just want to jump right in. I have so many questions. Uh, this is such a an interesting and specific realm. It's something that a lot of people have been interested in, this idea of UFOs lately in particular, but also the idea that there is this ancient connection to ufology that perhaps there's some sort of ancient intervention. You know, it's been made popular, of course, by books from Eric von Daniken to Sitchin to even now with the shows like Ancient Aliens. People are very much taking a second look, I think, at whether or not there's been some sort of alien intervention. And that's something that I think that you and your organization has have, have known about, maybe you could say, for, for a long time, kind of yeah, on the cutting edge of it. Since... December 13, 1973, there was a telepathic contact that led Mr. Claude Vaurion, that was his name at the time, to the Puy de la Sola, which is in center of France, an old volcano, that he went there. He used to go there with his family during summertime for picnic. And on December 13, he was driving to his office. Then he feel the desire of going there, stopping his car and going there. And he went all the way up to the volcano, to the center of the volcano down. Of course, an extinguished volcano. And uh, then uh, he was there, you know, it was a little bit chilly. And he asked himself a question, why do I am here today? You know, it's cold. I have work to do. What did I come here for? Suddenly, he saw something shining in the sky. And there were two beams, one on top, one on the bottom. And the craft was going down. At the beginning, he thought it was an helicopter. Then there was no noise, no engines, whatever. Then he realized it was a spaceship. And it was just coming down. Then a ladder opened. And he saw two feet, two feet coming down the, the ladder. Then he freaked out because he said, well, maybe... You know, these people, I, I don't want to move. Maybe they will think I am a tree or something and they will leave. And too bad I don't have a, a camera because I could have done something wonderful because he was a sport card magazine. He had a sport card magazine at the time. So he was a journalist. So he could have done a good, you know, something uh, specific and, and more proofs that what he got. Then he saw. A small man, at the beginning he thought it was a child, about five feet, coming down and going directly to him without any weapons. His face was shiny and full of love, so he felt very confident. And this extraterrestrial approached to him about two, three meters from him. Then Mr. Vorillon at that time asked him a question. Hello, do you come here often? And the extraterrestrial reply, I come here many times, and today I to meet with you, Mr. Claude Vorillon, you're married, you have two children, and we telepathically induce you to come here today because we have a message for you. Then, you know, he was like in shock, and the extraterrestrial told him, I brought, I, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I telepathically induced you to buy a Bible from La Pleiade, where the word Elohim was not translated by God. Because the word Elohim, as you probably know, it's what people, Jewish people, it's in their Bible, and they believe as a God. But it's a plural word, which means in ancient Hebrew, those who come from the skies. Then he invited him into his craft, and he told him the following message. Over 25,000 years ago, we came to your planet and we created all life on earth, starting from plants, trees, animals, and then finally we started creating human beings after 13,000 years. Hmm. We have been sending you all messengers and, and prophets from all religions among the most important ones, Moses, Jesus, Buddha. Mohammed and many others, which are the prophets of Israel that were about 40. And now it's time that, you know, since 1946, 
45, sorry, on, no, on 46, in the Hiroshima bomb, you could de- auto-disrupt yourself or you could advance a lot with nuclear power. So you, we are your fathers from space. We have created you and we don't want you to auto-destroy yourselves. Now it's time that people stop believing and try to understand there was no God. They thought we were gods because, you know, they were afraid and everything that was coming from the skies was God from them because they were primitives. Now it's time humanity will understand. We're here and we want to come back and we're going to ask you two things. The first aim is to spread this message worldwide that people will understand and stop killing each other because we have created you all equals without any racism. Well, we created seven races on earth. Then the second thing that we're asking you is to build an embassy, which is for the what the Jewish people are waiting for, the third temple, where we will come back with all the prophets of art and bring our scientific heritage, give our scientific heritage to humanity. Wow. And all this is in the book, Intelligent Design, that could be downloaded on www.rail.org for free. There are no, no charges or whatever. It's a free book that can be downloaded. And it's that book changed my life over 36 years ago. Uh-huh. I was wow. a scholar. I was, you know, study a lot in Hebrew and coming from a very religious family. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, practic- practicing Judaism and all that. And I always had questions, but never got answers. And when I read this book, and it exists in all languages, it opened my mind and answered all the questions I had since I was a child. But because when we used to ask questions to our parents, grandparents, relatives, or even rabbis or people at the synagogue, they used to tell us, well, this is what we have been taught, and this is what we should do, and that's all. No questions asked. We do. Because Jewish people have always said, we tell us what to do and we will do it without understanding. And today, I think it's time that people, we have technology, we have science, and it's about time we understand and stop killing each other and loving and caring for each other, not what's happening worldwide, either in Russia, in Africa, in the Middle East. You know, it's it's a pity. It's a lack consciousness and it's lack of well the most important sentence that i think should be kept from all religions is to love your neighbor like your own yeah and sixth commandment of judaism is not to kill so what i see what israelis are doing to palestinians or whatever vice versa i mean there is no that's not judaism that's an excision of a genocide what's happening there And even as a Jew and even as an Israeli citizen, I am completely against that. Well, yeah, it it sounds like, it sounds like a beautiful idea, you know, peace and love and all of this. But I, my, I think something that as I was looking through the material and, and sort of looking into the movement, I had a couple questions specifically. One, I'll just say one. The name, the name of it, it's very similar. I don't speak Hebrew, but uh, it's very similar to Israel, as you mentioned. So what does Real mean? Because it, then the founder, isn't he referred to now as Real? The name of Real is the name that the Elohim gave to Mr. Claude Vaurion when mm-hmm. they met with him. And that name, first of all, Ra'el means in Hebrew, he saw Elohim. The second thing is that when you go to ancient civilization like Egypt, Ramses, the Ra, was the sun. <coughs> Sorry. And then, Rael is the root of the word Israel. Mm-hmm. Because the word, the, the word Israel comes from Rael. 
And this is why Elohim, I give him, have given him this name, which is very powerful. And especially for, for, for Jewish people, because it's, the roots are there. And Rael is the Messiah the Jewish people are waiting for. And this is the last Elohim messenger and the last prophet. And now it's time that people will understand. Because if we continue that way, we will auto-destruct ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, it seems like we are in those end times that a lot of people have called for. A lot of people in different religious movements and beliefs, you know, they, they look at the time now as as the end. I, I sort of don't take a, a position on that either way, only because as a historian, there's been plenty of times in the past where you could easily think it's the end. But I will say this, the idea of technology that's something that is some, that is unprecedented, at least. I mean, you, you, some people could argue that there was this great technology, perhaps in Atlantis or, you know, civilizations past. Uh, but as far as we know it right now, this level of technology that we're reaching with things like artificial intelligence, it's it's a, it could be unprecedented. So it seems like these times uh, are different than times past, that there's something happening that we've hit some sort of, you know, critical mass ass or or some sort of turning point some quickening if you will so so it is interesting to say the least i guess would you would you classify this as more of a movement than a religion well it's uh, it's more a movement because the word religion came from the greek religare which means to be connected to to be connected to we are connected to the elohim through Telepathic meditation. We try telepathic contact with the Elohim every Sunday, every day. And, but anyways, we, we have no contact with them. The only one that have contact with them and not very often, maybe once a year, Israel himself, we, who is their only messenger. I see. So in the past, there have been groups that have claimed to reach out to these Elohim and in particular, through means like meditation, one one that stands out that's a little interesting to me in the in the connection is th- is theosophy, in, insofar as that the use of the swastika is present in both theosophy and in rail. So, so um, if you could explain that a little bit for people who aren't familiar with the the esoteric this, roots, this is the symbol that we have, and it represents infinity in space and time, which means the two triangles are the infinitely small and the infinitely large. And the swastika in the middle is infinity in time. And this, many people think that swastika was made by Hitler, but, you know, long way before, way before the swastika, it's in old Hindu temples, in Asia, everywhere, in all temples, and have nothing to do with Nazism. And the, the symbol of the swastika with the Star of David is the symbol, the Elohim. It is a symbol of the Elohim, which represents infinity, because we are infinity. Before we were born, we, we were infinity. Now we are infinity. And after our death, we will keep being infinity because we are part of the whole. So, <laughs> we are living in a planet which is called planet Earth. This planet is in a solar system. This solar system is in a galaxy. This galaxy is in, in the universe. And this universe is an atom of a molecule of something that is alive. It could be a worm, a cat, I don't know, a plant, we don't know. But it's something alive. And inside each of ourselves, it's a universe infinite as well where we have solar system, galaxies, planets, etc., and where there is life. But of course, it may be the time for us to make to breathe once. It's maybe 100 years from them or more. And for us also, the time that we live on Earth, that is between 80 and, uh, let's say, 100, it's maybe a second for that human or, or animal or life that we are in that body. And the, the thing that people should understand today is that we are all one with everything that compose us and with everything that surround us. I mean, 
making war to kill each other, it's like if we were inside a body and we were shooting the cells of our hand or the cell of our eyes because we are all one. I mean, we are this huge body that compose humanity. So it, it reminds me a little bit of some different esoteric thoughts over the over the years, a little like Kabbalah and, and different things. Is it possible that people back then, they had an understanding of some parts of this without necessarily have, having had that direct contact? Is that something that prophets have been able to, over time, uh, discover through maybe meditations or, or different things? Many prophets were children of this Elohim and woman of the earth. Because mm-hmm. when you read the, the Kabbalah or even the Tanakh, which is the original Hebrew Bible, you see that many women that were sterile, that were sterile, could, couldn't have children. They met with men of the Elohim, with messengers of the Elohim. Then they got pregnant, like Samson, like the prophet Samuel, like the prophet Eli, and many others. And Jesus was the son of one extraterrestrial woman of the earth. And probably his mother was inseminated artificially. That's why she was a virgin. And when you read the story of, of the, 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 what's happened in Fatima in Portugal, it's exactly the same thing that was repeating, repeating, repeating every day and every week and, uh, you know, and so on. So we had proofs. Now, the problem with people who are hooked to the religions is that they don't want to give up because they're afraid. What mm. if something happened to me? If I don't do what, you know, we have been thought, what will happen to my children? What will happen to me after death? But people need two crutches. One is religion and one is the soul. And there is no, no, one is the God and one is the soul. And one, and, and we have to understand, according to the Elohim messages, there is no God and no soul. Hmm. We have a genetic God. And there is nothing such as, after death, our genetic code goes uh, fly to to be in the skies close to God or something like that. That doesn't exist. That's that's primitive thinking. Today we are able to understand many things that our ancestors were not able to, and they took the Elohim as gods. So if 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 there is no soul yet, we're all one. What does it mean if we're all one? Are we in a materialist sense? We are all one because we're part of this yeah, large body. One. We are all one, which means each of us is a cell of this huge body that composes humanity. Mm. And after death, well, if the Elohim who have, well, have 25,000 years ahead of us of technology, they have a special computer that at the moment you die, because they have everybody that, uh, that is on planet Earth, or other planets that they have created life are registers in their, their computers. And when we die, the computer makes like, you know, to see how, how good you were for humanity, how good you were f- to save humanity, how good, what do you did uh, in your life, and so, and so, and so. And then if you are more positive than negative, you can be recreated in the planet of the Eternals which is called Eden, because the Elohim have two planets, one where all the Elohim live, and they have created another planet, which is a garden of Eden that we call in all the religions, and in Hebrew is Gan Eden, which means the garden of DNA. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, you know, people who have done good for humanity and have been uh, good for, for others and and sharing and caring about others are recreated there after the death to live eternally. Now, let me explain what science and, and technology the Elohim have reached already. The Elohim can live between 700 and 1,000 years. When their body gets too old and they are in a body like 18 to 22 years old, with no disease during the, their entire life, which is fantastic. And they wish one day we will reach that technology. And when the body start getting too old, between 700 and 1,000 years, 
the Elohim have like the same today when we buy a new computer and we download from our old computer all the memory, all the all the applications or whatever we have in it into the new computer. Now our new computer have all the memory of the old one. So they have reached a technology that today they are able to make a new body with a cell that will live between 700 to 1,000 years, and they can download the memory from the old body into the new one. So this is the only way to reach eternal life. Mm. Well, so that's uh, that might so that explains why cloning is something that the movement is very much in favor and supports. Absolutely, and this is why we support cloning because that's the only way to reach eternal life. And is that how we? Is that how presumably we were created by the Elohim was through a cloning process? Well, it was maybe different from the way they created us because they created us with DNA and other manipulations and the way they have created lives. It's like you know they they had artists and uh, technology and science. So what the artists, if we go, for example, to birds or animals, their colors or their sound or whatever, artists have created paintings, maybe, probably, and they have computers that can touch these paintings and reproduce it alive. And the Elohim, probably, they did that because at the beginning they had laboratories of creation of life. And there were seven laboratories of creation of life with all races. They were in Asia. They were the, the pyramids were one of the laboratories of creation of life. The, where the welling wall is actually, the Western wall, it was another one. Where the Mayas were also was a laboratory of creation of life. And all these proofs, we can now see that we have been visited by these extraterrestrials. So do they come from, well, quite literally, you say they come from the sky, they come from above. Do they use sort of regular aerospace type technology or is it more interdimensional? Is there like a portal component to this? First of all, they are on another solar system, but on our same galaxy, according to the messages they give to Rael. The second thing is that uh, they can come anytime just a time of thinking, because I believe they do teleportation. If we can, we cannot even imagine the technology if they're 25,000 ahead of us. Oh, that's, that, that's very even, true. We cannot even think what it will be in a in hundred years from now. What will we, what it will be our technology in hundred years from now. So imagining 25,000 years, that's, that's, I mean, we cannot even imagine or think or, or, or whatever, you know, it's impossible. So, so what do you think of the, of the, of transhumanism and, and a lot of people's efforts to look into the idea of longevity as opposed to cloning? You know, this, this idea that we can merge with machines in order to reach that immortality status. Yeah. Are they just, are they sort of taking a wrong sort of direction to that? Or is that possibly part of a bigger plan? Well, listen, cloning, governments and religions are afraid of cloning. Why? Because one man, if one doctor or a laboratory or one man creates another one, the mystery of God is over. Because there's no place for God there. So what will happen? Why governments are hiding from people that, you know, there are other planets or, or life on other planets or extraterrestrials or UFOs. They have been hiding this for years because it will be a revolution if all those who are, you know, they will kill for a religion will understand today that there is no God. And we have been created by another civilization. In one day, we will create someone that we will put another planet as well, like the Elohim did with us. Because it's so the of creation of life through universe. So then would it be fair to say that we are on track to become gods ourselves, or at least what the primitive this people what, call them would be gods? Exactly. That's why governments and, and religions are hiding it, and they don't want any 
cloning because it will destroy the myth of God. Hmm. That that's a good point because there there has there has been an ethos of uh, taboo around cloning. I mean, I remember when Dolly the sheep was in the news yeah. many years ago. People just were bowled over. They you know thought this was highly unethical and immoral and. You know, and the, there were a lot of discussions about that too, but not a lot of uh, attention on those implications, like you said. But I mean, it seems quite logical that that would pose a threat if there was no need for a traditional sort of procreation anymore, that it would just be cloning, because then who decides who gets cloned and who's worthy of coming back and who's not? And that creates a whole, a whole issue probably at that point. But yeah, so with regards to we then. Are, we are manipulated by. By by governments and by religion since ages, since the beginning maybe of the creation, you know, or or after when we started all religions and power and all that, because the governments are not, they don't want us to know the truth. Otherwise they have, because we can live together without making any wars and we don't need any leaders and they don't want that. If so, we care and share and, and live like human beings loving each other, we don't need any more weapons. We don't need any more borders. We will live like human beings. And today, when someone, well, well, we are human beings. I'm sorry, I don't see any any humans on this planet. Some people, yes, they are. But the majority, I don't know, they're for wars, making weapons, money, money today, Mm -hmm. and credit. What is credit today? credit cards and buying a house and all that. What is that? It's that slavery that you will have to work and pay income tax on every penny you make to survive, to make a living. You buy, at the big, at the time of our grandparents, those who had a car or those who had a house, they have paid for it. There were no credits. Today, most of the people who have houses, cars, credit cards, man, they name it. It's all on credit. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's a collapse from, from the, from the economy or, or there is a failure in, in, in the market or whatever. Everybody will lose everything. This is true. Do you think that this, you may have heard of the, the great reset and some of these ideas about going towards, say, digital currencies or, you know, massive surveillance states and this sort of thing. Do you think whatever that is that's powering that, whatever, if, if if it's just simple greed or whatnot, do you think that rallyism is an anecdote to that? Is the answer to that? Is it? Is it? Is it? It is. It is indeed, because we are for love, we are for peace, we are for uh, unity, we are against all kind of racism, we are for 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 love for humanity and people today. That's the only way for us. To survive today, we cannot we cannot continue like that because we're going to blow up the planet. What every hour they make hundreds of bombs for what? For what? And when you see oh the death of the 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 world, the death is so many billions and so and so. To who we own this money? To the planet Earth, to to planet, to the sun, to the moon. What, what is that story? It's all, you know, it's all gimmick to make us in the system that we will keep working to provide money for those who are leading. That's all. We're just puppets, and the government, the the leaders of the government today are the puppets of a system of a, of of a mafia, a big mafia, which own all the banks that give money to the government. And if they don't, if, if the governments don't do what they want, these people, they will not give them a penny. They own all the medias. They own the pharmaceutical industry and they own the weapon industry. So they create conflicts that people will kill each other and they will make money on everyone. If, if there's no soul, are there spirits? No, according to the messages of the Elohim, there are no spirits and no God and no soul. <laughs> so what what is the view on the concept of evil? So those people who are against things like love and peace and who actually want war and genocide and, and all of these terrible things, what is the why? Like what is the explanation for why there's such evil? 
Well, there is no devil. The one that is called Satan is the chief of the opposition on the planet of the Elohim. Oh, okay. Sometimes uh, uh, Satan is saying, well, you know, at the beginning, they destroy everything when there was the flood because we were their creation. And they say, well, these people, we have it. We have missed our, our creation because we couldn't do it properly. So it's too bad. Let's destroy this creation and start a new one. And this is what happened during the flood. And when you take images of the flood and it's written in the original Hebrew Bible in the Tanakh, it is written clearly. The, the ark went above earth, not on the floor, on the, on the water. It was above earth. So what happened there? There is no ship. There is no vessel today that could hold all a couple of each and every animal we have on planet earth. Not even the biggest and the largest one. So what happened there? The Elohim have brought a UFO. They took samples, one cell of each animal. They put it in a small box like that. And they took Noah above earth with all these cells. And when they come back after the flood, they recreated all lives on earth, all animals, all plants, everything. Hmm. So is that things like cattle mutilation? You know, I know that's had an association with UFOs for for quite some time. Um, In that phenomenon, it looks to be that there are samples taken from those animals. Uh, There's other animals that have, you know, been implicated in this sort of thing, but cattle are probably the most popular. But we do see a pattern of what looks to be samples as opposed to just mutilation for the sake of mutilation, hunting, eating, this sort of thing. And and there have been some contactees that, that claim that they have had uh, similar procedures done on them that you could take as having samples. Is it is it possible that they still visit and they are still extracting DNA? Well, listen, th- we have to understand that we are in a yin, the infinite universe. And this in, in this infinite universe, there are thousands of galaxies, thousands of solar systems, thousands of planets where there, where there is life. There are variety, an immense variety of extraterrestrials lives out there. So mm. maybe from their planet or from other planets, which doesn't mean the Elohim do, it, do that because they created us. So they don't know, they don't need to take our DNA to know how they made us because they are the ones that made us, that created us. But probably other extraterrestrial civilization could come to earth and do experiments with people. But it's not, it's not what we are looking for now. And it's not the message that was given to humanity in the book Intelligent Design. And we have it also in all the books and mostly, you know, coming from a religious family and religious background. When I saw uh, the book Intelligent Design, uh, which was called at the beginning, the book which tell the truth, I didn't want to read it because what? You're going to tell the truth to a Jewish, to a, to a Jewish fellow that have been studying and knows about Bible and knows about God and all that. And then, we discover when I became, when I, I read the messages of the Elohim in this book, Intelligent Design, what I did is that, you know, I took the original Bible in Hebrew. I took a dictionary because at that time I didn't, I, I was reading Hebrew, but not understanding what I was reading. I was not, I didn't knew Hebrew to translate. So I took a dictionary. I took the Bible in French and English and Hebrew, and I took the original Bible and find out without any doubt that the messages the Elohim had given to Rael are confirming the original Hebrew Bible. So now when I give my lectures, there is no doubt and there is no way someone can prove the opposite. And sometimes I, I invite rabbis for you know, 36 years that I am lecturing worldwide. And I have been living in Israel 18 years where I built up the Israeli rally movement. And there is no 
doubt. And the, 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 the rabbis avoid me and they don't come to my lectures and they boycott my lectures because the problem they have is that they cannot prove the opposite of all the citations that I bring that confirm that these Elohim are an extraterrestrial civilization. And this, I bring it in this book. Well, well, we don't see it here, which is the original Hebrew Bible. Wow. So so it looks like they they just don't want to confront a different framework of their understanding. So they'd maybe prefer to have, like many people, they kind of grow up with one particular idea. Say, for instance, angels. The notion of angels can take many different shapes. And, you know, we might be very familiar with an angel being sort of a, a female with wings and very beautiful and all of this. But then if somebody were to say, challenge that and say, well, these these messengers, uh, they were not, they didn't look like that or they didn't behave this way. Perhaps they were extraterrestrial. Uh, that's just a, a conversation stopper right there. I, I know that that's been my experience too. When you challenge those ideas, people don't want to re-examine their own beliefs because it's threatening. So well, with that said too, and I, bringing up angels are what it would be the railing view of things like angels. So if there's no demons or if there's references to demons and this sort of thing, you know, in the Bible, uh, what are those? Are those just other entities that are interfering probably, that are not spiritual, probably. but just but angel, angels from, from Latin or angelos means messenger. Mm-hmm. And Elohim in, in, the, in Hebrew, Malach, which means angel, is a messenger. So these people send us messengers. All the prophets that they have sent to the people of Israel, and they were over 40, they were all either, either jailed or killed because they were bringing the same message that disturbed the establishment. So, so why do you think currently nobody is attacking? Well, I, I would say nobody. I think the media is what's attacking and, and maybe the public opinion is what attacks your movement, but Rael's still alive. I understand, right? I know he's alive and he's well and he's in Japan. I just met with him. We had our 58th anniversary convention since December 13 that he have met the first time with Elohim. And, you know, we, the medias, why the medias are always attacking? Because this all come from the Vatican. First of all, first of all, as you know, if you read the, the, the prophecies of Malachi, and this is what all the popes, every time they elect a, pa- a pop, they read them. And this is the last, the actual pop should be the last one. Is that, is that's Malachi, actual... Malachi Market Martin is, is who you're referencing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this yeah. is, this I think is the, the 112 pops. And after that, it, it will be the end of the, of the, of the pops. Which means it will be the end of the Vatican. And it will be the end of the Catholic Vatican. It will be the end of the Catholic Church. And if he said the end of the Catholic Church, it will be the end of Catholicism. And it's written and they know it. When the Messiah will come, he will destroy all religions. And the first one that will be destroyed is the Catholic Church. Because when Jesus never came, he to create another religion. He was a Jew that brought the same message Rael is bringing today. And he was killed. Because it's threatening to the mainstream narrative, for sure. Just like cloning and, and all of these things. Yeah. Absolutely. So if if Rael, so that, that would imply that Rael is the, is the Messiah. I have heard of some people referring to him as Maitreya. So that was something I found interesting as well, because there are a lot of people currently who believe that the Maitreya, uh, well, there's there's some there there's the like a mainstream we'll call it belief about who Maitreya is and how that comes out of you know an Eastern religion, but there's also an alternative view of Maitreya, and that happens to be you know looked at by people as sometimes they refer to it as an Antichrist and this sort of figure, you know, in that framework. Um, well, they they believe. They could believe it's an antichrist because he's the one that will destroy the Catholic Church. And, and so that, that brings me back the to the reason. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. But Maitreya means the, the Buddha of the Occident, which means in France. 
And the reason also, if you go further, because I have been studying all this and lecturing on all this, why Hitler wanted to kill all Jews from Central Europe? Because he knew at that time the Messiah will be born. And this is why he was in, in probably with the, with the, uh, in Tibet and sent his people to Tibet, some Nazis to Tibet, to take the swastika and to have it hated by the Jewish people. Because this is part of the symbol. The, the symbol of the Elohim is the symbol that is the original Hebrew symbol. And you can find it in Israel in many places. The swastikas are everywhere in Israel. Even in the, in the synagogue where Jesus was teaching. And I have seen it there. Yeah, it is, a, it is a very ancient. Synagogues as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it was the, 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 when you, when you read history and you see and you understand going backward that Hitler met with the, with the Pope P12 at the time that they were killing the Jews. Well, he was, the Pope was, was completely agree with that. Because otherwise, somehow, if Hitler would have killed all the Jews in Central Europe, his only goal was to kill the Messiah that was supposed to be born at that time. And knowing that, the Catholic Church was pro, was agree with that, that they will kill because if the Messiah will be born, he will destroy the Catholic Church. And that's one plus one plus one. It makes, you know. Wow. No, I hadn't heard that kind of view of it before, but it is it is peculiar how Hitler had such an interest in what he referred to as Arianism, this idea, and he would send people to the East. He was very much interested in, in you know, the symbology of things like the swastika, and, and he, he was very much interested in root races and, you know, some of the things that, you know, you can find in theosophy as well. So, so how do you, how is it that he even knew this. I know he had an occult background and that some people, you know, influenced him that way, but how did how would Hitler have kind of known that this was the time and that, he, that was his mission was to to kill was he in contact he was, with something? When he was in Tibet, he knew also many things that they were taught to him over there. And he was also in the group of Chuli, which was the oh, it was, it was, I didn't realize that, that the Thule society was a Kabbalistic. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they had a lot of knowledge on yeah. Kabbalistic, on science, on, on mm-hmm. technology. And even they were willing to make like spacecrafts to, to travel to space. Yes. Yeah. That's very interesting connections. Then do you, do you think that they were in contact with maybe not the Elohim, but do you think they were able to channel any of these? Other entities or any any other entity that may have contact. knowledge? Maybe they were. Uh, that's my own personal opinion, which is not confirmed in the messages. But maybe they, he was in touch with the Satan, with the chief of the opposition, because the chief of the opposition see the people today on planet Earth willing just to kill each other and greet and just for, for nothing, you know to rob, to take what doesn't belong to them. And he he always was against this creation of life on earth that the Elohim made. And this is probably, maybe, either him or someone else was in contact with Hitler. It's it's possible, which is, I don't confirm that, but everything could be possible. And then that he will destroy humanity or that he will create some other people, I don't know. Because mm. when we see what his story brought, and when you see that after that, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, went to the Israel and took the land back. I mean, something happened there. And why happened after 2,000 years? Because the Elohim have turned their face on the people, on the Jewish people, after they killed their messengers, their message, Jesus. He was, Jesus was the son of an extraterrestrial and a woman of the earth, Mary. Mm. And that was, I mean, is to many people say, oh, how come God allow us, allow Hitler to kill so many Jews? 
because the Elohim didn't care at a certain time that when they send a messenger with a message, you kill their messenger. And that was, you know, one too many of them that were killed. And now as, as Catholic people and, and Christian people know that Jesus say, I will pray my father and he will send you a paraclet. And the paraclet is real. So, so how does this, how does this sort of involve if, if, if Rael is the Messiah, what, it, where do we go from here in terms of this battle of, of say Armageddon? I know Armageddon, a lot of people think it has to do with, you know, an end of the world, but it is, is a revelation as in the book of Revelation. So all of these things are about having the truth revealed. Um, but, but where does it go from there? Is it, is it to be that these Elohim will, will actually come back or are they not going to be able to come back? Is it up to us to rebuild the temple? Is it up to us to build that, you know, location for them? And if we don't, do we fail? Do they not come back? Absolutely. Absolutely. They want us to understand. They can come anytime, you know. They could come anytime, but they're not invaders. They want people to understand that we have been created by them, that they are our first from space. They have always been watching after us. And they love us. I mean, they don't want to come back and being shot by by missiles or, or attack because they can defend themselves. They can they can blow up the whole planet if they want. You know, twenty five thousand years ahead of us. I mean, they don't need any any of our technology to defend themselves. <laughs> and what what we need to understand now is that first of all. The, the Elohim messengers never have been recognized. Either they were jailed, all the prophets, or killed. And now it's time to understand this message and recognize Israel as the Elohim last messenger, who is the Messiah, and not only for the Jewish people, is the Messiah that will save humanity. And the so, message of the Elohim is that we all care and share and love each other and not stop killing each other and loving each other. This is the message of the Elohim. It's just pure love. Hmm. Well, that, you can't argue with that message. That's a, a very important message, and I think we all need a lot of uh, a lot of that now. Especially, do you think that our our uh, speculation? But do you think our government has? Do you think they're aware of this? And do you think they've had contact with any of these entities, whether it be the Elohim themselves or if it's been? you know, these Satan-type entities or or any other extraterrestrial race of beings, do you think that they have access to technologies and things that we're not aware of? You know, we see a lot of things coming out now with UAP footage and and this. Are these just signs in the sky or are these actual interferences? Well, listen, governments are aware of that. Now, they don't want to reveal that because it's not to for, to their interests. But they will not be able to avoid it because there are more and more signs in the skies, more and more people opening their mind, more and more people meditating for peace, more and more people that are aware of UFOs, extraterrestrial, and people are today asking themselves questions. And at one, at a certain point, they will not be able to hide it. And this Armageddon is not, it will not be the end of the world. It's the end of a world, which means the end of our way of living. It's a new era now. And apocalypse, which comes from the word apocalypsis, means revelation, doesn't mean destruction. And when we will have this revelation, which is in the message the Elohim have given to Rael, the mystery of God will be over. That's all. So are they to come back then? If We, we have free will, so is, are we yeah. supposed to exercise that free will and ask for them to come they back? They don't want to come back as invaders. They want to come back as guests. And this is why we want to build an embassy, which is the third temple, that they will come back in a space that is have extraterrestrialist status, which means like all embassies, if the the... the Russian embassy, for example, in United States, in Washington, D.C. Americans cannot go in or the American army cannot go in. It's not their territory anymore. There is an extraterritoriality status which protects 
the embassy like if it was in their own country. And this is why the Elohim won't. They don't want to have people from the army of the police or architects to come and see what's inside. They're not interested. They, they want us to understand, not start. They don't want us to believe. They want us to understand. And it's time that we will understand. Otherwise, we will auto-destruct ourselves and the Elohim will never come back. They're giving us a gift by giving us the message, intelligent design that they gave to Rev. So it's you mentioned love. you mentioned meditation a few times. This is something that that takes the place of prayer. So our idea of prayer in particular religions is is one thing, but meditation is used in place of prayer. But but what like what is the power of meditation? I know some people think of it as just a way to relax or you know de stress, but other people think of it as a way to communicate or have some sort of channel opened up. Is is what is the role of meditation in? in this sort of this idea of, of reaching out to extraterrestrials or receiving messages meditation it's a way to be in harmony with ourselves and if we are in harmony with ourselves we will be in harmony with everything surrounding us with other people as well this is why meditation is so powerful and so good for human beings because we connect all ourselves with our body some people are not even aware that their cells can connect with each other. And we, the, the, the way of meditating is like putting all our cells in harmony and being, making them aware we are thinking about them and being aware that all these cells are those who compose our bodies. And what we do, what, what we do since a couple of years now, it's meditation for peace. Every 59 minutes of every hour, we stop and meditate for peace to send waves of love and energy to the entire humanity and to all lives on earth, trees, animals, plants, because everybody is part of us and we are part of the whole. And next Saturday, I organize and we, the Rally Movement, organize and I guide that meditations, planetary meditation for peace, global meditation for peace. Hmm. Well, it's at definitely 10, needed. At 9, 9 a.m. Eastern Coast time, we have, every two months, we have global meditations for peace. And I will send you the link in case you want to share it with your auditors that they are welcome to, to attend. You know, it's it's free for everyone. And the more we are, the more waves of energy we send, we send, and the more love we send to humanity, we can change this hate that there is among all human beings that are killing each other. That's 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 a worthy cause, and I think we should all kind of get on board with that. I mean, peace and love are definitely uh, key to this. One thing too, you know, you mentioned that we're all part of something, um, and if not in a spiritual way, but in an actual materialist way, that we're almost like we're cells in one large body of something. So, is this so? When we meditate and try to get in touch with the individual cells within us, would it be fair to speculate that? the point of the meditations and the calming and the peace and why we should have love and harmony between entities on our planet and else, elsewhere is for the same reason that this larger entity, sort of like life itself is a meditation of this larger entity. Um, and in order for this larger entity to have peace and love and experience, it needs to get us all under control as well, or get us in touch or experience through that. I, mean, I had Bernard... Heish on recently to discuss, he's an astrophysicist. Um, he wrote a book called Miracle of Our Universe. And he sort of had this, this idea of the, the universe, or in his view, God was trying to have an experience through us. You know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing greatly, but, um, this notion that if there's this greater being, um, even in just this materialist sense, is this a way that we can get in touch with that greater being, which is then arguably ourselves? Like when we quiet our mind and get ourselves internally sort of that self-awareness and then we're calm and peaceful, does that reverberate out at this larger level? Is that the 
point, or maybe I'm just grasping for straws here, but I'm just, I'm curious about that concept. Hey there, there is no such a great human being or, or being that we, that people think it's God. There is infinite, which is not aware of itself. Infinity, it's not aware of itself. Mm-hmm. And we are part of this infinity. So we are part of a whole. And when we meditate, we meditate for ourselves. We meditate to send love to the entire humanity, to all plants, trees, birds, animals, etc., etc. And then we send our love to the entire universe. And the entire universe, and in Hebrew is very simple because infinity means ends of, which means there is no end. If there is no end, there is no beginning. So life was always there in different forms, of course. But we are part of this life that, you know, it creates by itself, it, it communicates by itself. And our way today is to make people aware of it. Because if we are aware of it, we will stop all wars and war, all borders and all poverty on earth. All racism. I mean, how can be that people, some people have billions and some other 25,000 people are starving, dying from starving, from starvation. And people have so many houses. In how many houses can you live? How many cars can you drive? What are you going to do with that money? You're not going to live a thousand years because you're a billionaire. You're going to live like everybody else. You're going to die anyways. So as matter as well, do well and care and share with other people. Yeah, very, very much so. And if, so from the, so from the Raelian perspective, this is probably a, not an easy direct answer to this, but uh, why is there suffering at all? Like, why do humans suffer? we have been, Elohim let us evolve that we could understand that but by ourselves. But until now, we didn't understood it. We didn't understood until now. And if we continue like that, I mean, we will auto-destruct ourselves because to reach a planetary level and being able to communicate with other extraterrestrial civilization, we need to be peaceful. We need to be in harmony. We don't need any weapons. What building? Listen, we are, some governments are sending billions or to Africa or to other countries to save children. And on the other way, they make weapons to kill the same children. So yes. there is nonsense somewhere. And this nonsense is just manipulated by money, power and money. That's all. If you, today you remove all religions, all the money, the problem is solved because the cause of all the problems are the different religions and the money. That's all. It's, it's, it does seem to be that way, but it also, you know, it's a human construct. Religion, you know, could arguably be something that humans created. Obviously the, the money system, something humans created. Corporations, everything, you know, extrapolated from the mind of a human. So at some level, is there an internal battle that each of us has between sort of what would casually be called good and evil or or this sort of thing? Like, how is it that, you know, if we were to remove those superstructures, how are we to know that we would all just live in peace? As human beings, we will. The ones that are leading us, they don't want us mm-hmm. to reach uh, that level of harmony. They don't want us to reach that, that we will reach that, that level of peace or inner peace or love between each human being. They're not interested. But anyways, the more people will be aware, the more they will meditate, the more they will find out by themselves that we don't need anyone to lead us. Because ants, they don't have a leader. They have a queen. The queen just make eggs. They just make eggs. That's all. Mm-hmm. But they don't lead them. Everyone does his work and everyone cares about the others. And everybody brings food for the whole community, for the whole, for all the, the, the ants, not for herself. 
And this is why ants, is it possible that ants will be more conscious and develop their supraconsciousness more than human beings? I mean, we are to that point today. Either we make it or we break it. Mm. It's like we have a choice between being part of the greater thing or trying to pull away from it and be individualistic. And at that price, we just... I think it's... We should end that. But now, is everybody willing to end that? Are we ready to end that? That's another story. This is why the end of the, the monetary system should be done as soon as possible. That everybody will have, with the resources we have in our planet, we can, we can, everybody can eat and everybody can have a roof. With, when you take the budget, the military budget for the United States Army or the Russian Army or the Chinese Army, oh, forget about that. With that money, we can feed the entire humanity without working. So if we don't need to work to earn money, to pay for food or to pay for a house, we don't need to. We don't need money. Yeah. They, we don't need money. If we have everything for everyone, I mean, when you see the budget, the millions of the budget they have for the army, wow. How many people can you feed with that? It's absurd. You hear about all of this money going out for all of these different wars. And, you know, think of all the the good that could be done, all of the uh, hospitals that could be built and all of the education that could be administered. And and there's so many things that it, it feels like such a waste and it's tragic. So, you know, with your message of love and peace and unity it's you know you're actually the the organization is really involved in that not just in a in a ideological sense but in a practical sense on the ground you know the the work that you've done in in you know with the female genital mutilation and in that regard has just been it's 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 astounding you know the the so the the cause and the and the the charity so to speak that that the Raelians have have had is just phenomenal. When I learned about the pleasure hospitals and things that were built and the differences that you've made in the lives of those women, you know, it's it's just it it was it was amazing and it really was about more than talking the talk but actually walking the walk too. And so you know, bravo to you and your organization for you know, that that work that you're doing around the world and to, to make people's lives better and just giving back the uh, what what was given to them, you know, their their birthright is to be able to feel and, and, and to be in touch with that side of themselves. And so to care, uh, to care for each other, to that care, important, to care, to care for someone that is our own. I mean, part of ourselves is our equal, our equal. We're living on a planet Earth. And we're destroying it without having another one where to go. Why are we doing that? Well, some people are trying to find a new place for us to go. <laughs> I mean, are we so stupid to, to, to kill each other and to ruin the planet and to cut trees and to destroy it to make money? I mean, there is no nonsense somewhere. There is a nonsense. And this nonsense is is terrible. I mean, we need to develop our consciousness and more than that, our supraconsciousness. And there is, there is no way and and shouldn't be like that, that men should rule over women. Because why men have been putting always women down? Because they know women have more sense than them, than men. They are more. They have more intuition. They are more pacifists. And if we were ruled by women, the world would change. Well, I think there there would be a lot of changes if we we listen to our hearts and try to think in a maybe more revolutionary way. It, I think it is a fine balance, though, because you know so many people. You know, it'd be it's so hard to stop a train, for instance. So if we have this train moving full force with you know, the economic systems that we have in place, you know, to just stop it. It seems so impossible. And I don't know to, in order to achieve those things, even if it's a good thing, it seems like the use of force may, may have to happen. And that has been proven in the past to be, you know, a really bad 
way as well. So is this just a, is this just a mission of patience? Is this something that, you know, through the meditation and outreach and, and this sort of thing that that we can hope to do? (laughs) It's a mission of love. Mission of love. And that's the only way. We have no other choice. If there is no love, we will auto-destruct ourselves. I I couldn't agree more. Well, a lot to think of. I know that, you know, in some ways, the movement has had a bit of controversy here and there. And I think a lot of that comes from a misunderstanding of what it actually is. You know, and some people disagree with. And And fear. fear. For sure. Fear, (laughs) it breaks paradigms. From governments, because it's a revolutionary system that we are bringing in it is it is so you know but from from what i've heard today it's it's a it's fascinating you know it's in line with a lot of different things that have come about both in previous organized religions philosophies and even contemporary writers and scientists and it, it just seems to be a very interesting direction and at the end of the day if 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 what you're pushing for and espousing is is love then then i i wish you I wish you great luck in that. And I, I couldn't agree more with that cause. And I'm very uh, grateful that you're able to come on today and uh, share that very important message with us today, especially given the state of global affairs and, you know, all of all of the need for peace. And so I will put up links to everything and anything that I can to get people, you know, to, to take a, a look at, at what it is that your message um, has to offer. And, you know, we'll go from there, but I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. I think we just scratched the surface. Uh, there's just so so many more questions I have too about Sitchin and, and Anunnaki. I, I don't think we really got into that much, but you know, I, I think this is a, an open dialogue. And so if you're open to coming back to share information with my audience, I would really love to I'm have the, you. Please let me know and be more than pleased to be on your show. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Rabbi. You're just a wealth of information and it's very exciting. You know, I think we're living in exciting times and, and now I'm really curious. I'm definitely going to uh, fully read the book, Intelligent Design. So thank you so much. I appreciate so, you coming uh, on. If you don't mind, I will send you all the, the time, world time that, you know, of this global meditation for peace that we will have next Saturday at 9, 9 a.m. Eastern Coast. I will send it to you and you have all the, the worldwide uh, clock where we meditate because People are coming from all over the world, you know, and they connect to meditate for peace, which is one of the most important things today to send peace and love and fraternity to humanity. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to doing that. Anything I can do to add to the 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 peace and the love and and the and to meditate on that is you know something I'm I'm very much open to and excited to do. And I, I would encourage other people as well uh, to you know meditate and uh, meditate on love and peace. Uh, we're living in a very, very, very difficult time. There's not a lot of peace at the moment. And I, th- I think that's very empowering to think that there could possibly be something that we can do on an individual level to connect to each other and to help bring about the peace that we so desperately need. Uh, so thank you so much, Rabbi. I appreciate it. And, and what's important is to develop our consciousness and our supraconsciousness to care and share and love each other because that's a key to save humanity.